Following up on a message from a couple of weeks ago, Matthew chapter 18, we talked about forgiveness. Jesus comes to Jesus, Peter comes to Jesus with the question, Lord, how many times do I need to forgive? Seven times. And Peter thinks that's a really generous amount to offer. And Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. In other words, Peter, if you're counting, you're not forgiving. And then Jesus goes on to tell this story. He says the kingdom of heaven is going to be compared to a king who wants to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought in before him. That's like if that's it's a talent is a weight. If that's gold, it's like $12 billion. Since he did not have the money to pay back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything that he had be sold to pay the debt. They're going to go to prison. But at this, the servant fell face down before the master and said, before the king said, be patient with me and I'll pay you everything. Then his master said to the servant, but then the master of the servant had compassion, released him and forgave him the loan. What a colossal, what, what just a, a um, I, I can't exaggerate the humor of this moment. When this guy falls down, he's $12 billion. He's like the national debt in debt to this. I mean, I know it's not literally, but it's like, and I'll pay you back everything. Are you kidding me? And the king does the only thing the king can do. Either send him to jail or forgive him. But that servant then went out, and was he thankful? Did he give the grace that he was given? No, he found a fellow servant who owed him 100 denarii, and he grabbed him, started choking him, and said, Pay what you owe. At this, his fellow servant fell down and began begging, be patient with me and I will pay you back. This guy owes him 20 bucks. He uses almost exactly the same words that the servant used before the king. And the servant misses the irony, misses the coincidence. He wasn't willing to forgive. Instead, he went and he threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. Now, when the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you have also had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. And so, Jesus says, my heavenly father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from the heart. So several questions we need to ask. And just I wanted to make one more point. And um, the question, of course, is what does it mean to forgive? The working definition that I had is to forgive is just not to count people's sins against them. Romans chapter 4, verse 8 says, Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against him. The Bible tells us in Colossians 3, 13, Just as the Lord forgave you, so you also should forgive. How does God forgive us? He doesn't count our sins against us. That's what it means to forgive. Then we ask the question, but why should we forgive? Forgiveness is a really difficult thing. I mean, why should we be so compelled to forgive? And one of the things that I want to make, one of the points that I want to make in our devotion today is simply we forgive because we have been forgiven so much. That that certainly is at the key, at the core, at the heart of this. You know, this this um, 
Jesus is teaching. Here is this guy who's been forgiven $12 billion. And yet he won't forgive somebody who's, who's owed him $18. And Jesus kind of makes the point by saying it, it, it's one thing to mismanage money. It's a, it, it's, it is practically unforgivable to mismanage, to mismanage grace. Jesus, in fact, said we're to pray. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But without Christ, without experiencing the forgiveness of Christ, it is really hard to forgive. If you're having trouble forgiving somebody, could it be because you have yet to really appreciate all that Christ has forgiven you? I don't know how people forgive when they haven't experienced Christ's forgiveness. Simon Wiesenthal was a well-known Nazi hunter after World War II. He had spent much of World War II in a Nazi concentration camp, a Jewish man, and had suffered the atrocities there. In his book, The Sunflower, he tells of working in a military hospital after the war when a nurse approached him and said, are you a Jew? He said, yes. She said, follow me. He followed her to a Nazi soldier, a dying SS officer whose head was blood bandaged and blood-stained, and, and, and it was clear that he was close to death. Wiesenthal said he looked at him and he wasn't, he was basically unmoved. He said this SS officer grabbed him by the hand. He said, when the war started, I joined Hitler's youth, hoping to see the worlds. He said, we were told that the Jews were the cause of all of our misfortunes. They were the cause of war, poverty, hunger, unemployment, all of our problems. We were told it's because of the Jews. Wiesenthal said he tried to pull away. He wanted to pull away, but this soldier gripped him that much tighter. He said he didn't really want to hear, but he went on, um, the soldier went on to share with him how the Nazis had indoctrinated them against the Jews. He stood up to leave, but he said, please, let me tell you the rest. And they told horrible story after horrible story of things that he had done to the Jews. And then he said, I've longed to talk to a Jew so that I could beg forgiveness before I die. He said, the pain in my body, the pains in my body are terrible, but worse still is the pain in my conscience. I'm left here with my guilt. I want to die in peace. So I need you. I need to ask you, will you forgive me? Wiesenthal stood there for a moment, pause. He said, I was in no mood to help this man. I kept silent. I yanked my hand away from his and walked away, leaving Carl to die, unforgiven. I think the most interesting part of that story is that after it was published in The Sunflower, the publishers asked, 
distinguished people from all over the world, respected people from all over the world, what they thought about Wiesenthal's dilemma. Had he done the right thing? Should he have offered forgiveness? Or did he do the right thing by walking away? Hear this. Most people, most people believed that Wiesenthal was right not to offer forgiveness to Carl. Somewhat so far as to say it would have been wrong for him to have personally forgiven him. They said, I would have strangled him. Somebody else said, we can't forgive murderers. Many admitted, though, they really didn't know what was right or wrong in that situation. What do you think? That's a horrible thing. A lot of horrible things that Nazi soldier did to those Jews. Would you be able to forgive? Would you? For was it right to walk away and not forgive? See, without Jesus Christ, what is the motivation to forgive when we have been horribly sinned against? The first reason we forgive is because Christ has forgiven so much. It is because the, the first reason this servant should forgive, this guy who owes him 20 bucks, is because he stops and thinks, wait, I, I owed a debt I could never pay, and I've been forgiven. How can I not forgive somebody else? Think about the people that you struggle to forgive. Think about a person that you're struggling to just let it go. Have the, now think about it this way. This has been helpful for me. Think of all the sins that you've ever committed. All the things that you've ever done that Jesus has had to forgive of you. Is there any one person in your life who has sinned against you nearly as much as you and I have sinned against Jesus. It's why Jesus ends this parable by saying, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. We forgive, you see, as an act of worship because we've received grace, we must give grace, but also as an act of obedience. Father, forgive us as we forgive others. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ, just as God has also forgiven you in Christ. I, um, if you're struggling to forgive, um, maybe this illustration is helpful. I shared this um, during communion, um, but somebody asked me to share it again. There's a true story told by a man by the name of Ronald Davis of a priest in the Philippines years ago, felt guilt 
carried guilt about a sin he'd committed in seminary years earlier. He'd repented of that. He'd asked forgiveness of it over and over. But he could never quite get over it. Always carried the shame. There was a woman in his congregation who seemed to be quite close to God. And she was one of these people who was a bit eccentric. She said that sometimes she would dream and Jesus would speak to her in her dreams. And the priest was a bit skeptical, understandably. And so as they were talking one day, she was talking about God speaking to her in her dreams. And, she's, and he said, okay, the next time you're speaking to Jesus in your, your dreams, ask him to tell you the sin that I committed when I was in seminary. Um, this was a test. He was sure that she would come back and have nothing. Just, you know, whatever. And, um, and, so, she, and so he waited, and they saw each other a few weeks later, and, and he said, so, um, have you talked to Jesus in your dreams lately? She said, yeah. Did you ask him about that sin that I committed when I was in seminary? She said, yeah. He said, well, what did he say? Jesus, she said, well, Jesus said to me, I've forgotten about it. What sin? The Bible tells us that when God forgives our sins, he casts them in the deepest sea. As far as the east is from the west, so far, so far does he remove our sins from us. And the wonderful thing about east and west is that they never meet. You can go as far north as possible. You can go as far south as possible, but east and west never meet. And so our sins are gone. And if that's how God has forgiven, aren't you so glad that you can stand before God today? Stand before the world today and know that you are clean in Christ. When you carry that breast of righteousness, it is the righteousness of Christ that is your identity. If God has done that so much for you, how can we withhold forgiveness from others? Why do we forgive? Because just as in Christ, God has forgiven us. Who are you? Who's that person you're struggling to forgive? It's going to take a 70 times 7. So today, would you say one more time, Lord, I forgive. And then tomorrow, I forgive because Jesus has forgiven me. So Lord, I forgive. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you make us clean in Christ. And we pray Jesus' prayer that help us to forgive, that pray that you would forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And that as you have forgiven our $12 billion debt that could never be repaid, help us to look around us tomorrow and be gracious to those who sin against us. And every time somebody sins against us, may it be a reminder, Lord, of just how much you've forgiven us. Through Christ, I pray these things. Amen. Hey, let's go be different in our world this week because we carry the grace of Christ with us. See you soon.